Welcome to the Story Form Podcast, where we journey together at the intersection of faith and story. I'm your host, Will Chenault, Soul Care Pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Let's get this conversation started. Today on the podcast, I have as my uh, special guest, Tina Alakwa. Uh, Tina is a college professor. Uh, she is a, uh, a writer, an author. Uh, she's a part of a, uh, a ministry that she has started and uh, continues to uh, produce resources and helps for people uh, through this ministry. Uh, she's a wife. Uh, she's a, a mother uh, to two beautiful daughters, and um, she's a very, very gifted, interesting person that I'm glad to have on the podcast today. Tina, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Will, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Tina, I ask you to come on the podcast because um, you have been a part of leading uh, Hope Beyond Loss here at Fellowship, and I believe we've done that for eight years. Eight years. Yes. Eight years. The whole time you've been here at Fellowship. Yes. Eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about um, your journey, mm-hmm. uh, your story, uh, and then talk about some of the, the 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 resources and the ministries that have flown out of that have that have been a part of connected to. Uh, your story. So um, you you have been a part of helping our church and many individuals over the eight years navigate through the realities of grief and loss within their lives. So take us back to how this journey began for you. Well, the journey began really young in that I was sexually abused as a child. I also grew up in an alcoholic home, and it was very physically and verbally abusive. And so I went to counseling for a lot of my life on and off and knew that I really needed those professional resources. But one component that was missing was Jesus. And I grew up Roman Catholic, so I was very much exposed to there being a God and, and Jesus as his son. But I didn't have any resources to really equip me to walk a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then in graduate school, as I was really struggling that, you know, is there a God? And um, if there is a God, why did he allow me to be sexually abused mm-hmm. and physically abused and all of that? Mm-hmm. And I found um, Kelly, who discipled me and and her and Charla Wallstrom, who was in charge of navigators, led me into a personal relationship with Jesus. And then it didn't stop there. They began discipling me. And that was the piece that was always left out. Mm-hmm. And and then they equipped me with, okay, I remember Kelly being at my apartment and, and saying, here is how we have a quiet time. Mm-hmm. And there's not one correct way to do any of that, but she showed me one way. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed that. And I remember when I invited Jesus into my heart at the Navigator's Retreat that we went to in, in Charlotte's 
Silver Buick Century. I remember saying, I really want this to stick. I don't want this to just be a fad. I want this to stick. And the reason that it sticks for our listeners is because Jesus Christ is real Mm -hmm. and he desires to have that personal relationship with us and not that we go to him only when we're suffering, but all the time, every day, 24 seven, we are in fellowship with the creator of the universe. We are in fellowship with this God who chose to put on flesh and come down to earth and die for our sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you studying in graduate school? Psychology, industrial and organizational psychology. So it's a mixture of psychology and business. Okay. And when I was little, I thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. Right. And and then going, starting to do internships in that area, I thought, I don't think that's the best fit Mm -hmm. because it it is heartbreaking to hear story after story after story. And I think what um, broke my heart the most is when they, they wouldn't take the next steps to heal. They would be stuck in their grief and there was nothing that I could do to help unstick them. Right. Yeah. And I found that even in teaching Hope Beyond Loss. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, now fast forward, that was in graduate school, and I started having this relationship with Jesus, being discipled, and then being involved in Bible studies every, ever since. And then we get to, uh, I'm 30, and I meet my husband, and we get married, and we start having babies, and I lose a baby. Mm. And that rocked my world. Mm-hmm. And I, my parents are murdered and that's rocking my world. Mm -hmm. And I've already made peace with what happened in my childhood. I've made peace with my perpetrators, Mm. um, to the point of, you know, great forgiveness. Um, my perpetrator that sexually abused me, I have a relationship with him to this day Mm. and I invited him to be a part of my wedding and I invited him to go from outcast of the family to an an intimate member of the family that we still see when we go to Albany, New York. Um, And and don't think any of that's Tina. There's nothing good about me. Mm -hmm. It is all Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It is what he is able to do in the heart of a believer, of someone who's truly seeking him. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so then my parents are murdered in 2005, and I lose a baby in 2006, and my world is rocked, and I am looking for tangible resources Mm -hmm. to help me process these new significant losses, and I don't find anything. Mm -hmm. And so what does the Lord do? He starts equipping me with tangible resources that he writes through me. Mm-hmm. And that is how Hope Beyond Loss came about. It's a 10-week curriculum where it gives people sacred space mm-hmm. to intentionally grieve, which is something our world is awful about. They mm-hmm. don't know how to grieve. And and we're so quick to say, oh, you've got to get over that. Well, no, we don't get over it. Mm-hmm. And so Hope Beyond Loss allowed me with these tangible exercises to put ourselves in a position before the Lord to hear from him and allow him to heal our woundedness, allow him to speak to our woundedness. Mm-hmm. And I love it because when you first came on board eight years ago, I said, this is what the Lord has developed through me. Do you think this could bless other people? And you were on it. You said, absolutely, yes. And so we've been offering it at Fellowship for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, very much born out of your own journey, your own struggle through grief during that time. Uh, and 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 the burden of feeling like um, I, I want to create something that's going to be not only these were things that were helpful for me, but I want those to be helpful for for others uh, through that journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes. As you were back in two thousand five, two thousand six, yes. when you mm-hmm. first experienced. I mean, obviously, you know, you had you had had. Uh, suffering you had had loss in your life you were just getting to the place that you had extended grace and mercy and forgiveness uh towards those who had had wronged you and then this happens uh, i mean something uh, horrific uh you know loss of a, of a child the the loss of your your parents mm-hmm. um what what did you find what was most helpful who were the people that were most helpful for you during that time Well, some of the people that were most helpful to me during that time really changed over s- different seasons. Okay. And I found that even with the members that went through Hope Beyond Loss, mm-hmm. that some of the people that were helpful in the beginning, and in the beginning you're swarmed with lots of people mm-hmm. who want to be there for you. Mm-hmm. and But then over time they dwindle. It's like they forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the beginning it was very much my sister okay. that we could reminisce about mom and pop Mm -hmm. and the gift they were. I mean, they were good parents Mm -hmm. and they did the best they could and they both had a relationship with the Lord. And so I'm positive that they are in heaven Mm -hmm. with Christ. So at first it was my sister. And then over time, it was maybe a book that I picked up Mm -hmm. that was able to share great tragedy and how the Lord worked through them to heal their brokenness Mm -hmm. Um, it was a homicide support group with some social workers at union who led that group. And I found, and I found this in Hope Beyond Lost too, that, that we think we have to connect with people who have experienced a loss exactly like ours. And while there's some validity in that, I did find comfort in looking across the room and seeing other people who had also lost their loved ones to homicide. There's so many similarities in the feelings and the symptoms that I experienced through that loss that others experience when they lose a job or their friend betrays them, their spouse is unfaithful. Yeah. Which is what you experienced of, of through the, through the classes, through your instruction of that, that, the situations may be different. The losses may look different, but there's a commonality of how do we navigate through this. Yeah. And um, tell tell me a little bit about some of the, the fruit that you've experienced personally as you've taught that class for eight years. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind? Okay. Um, really how much the Lord has healed my brokenness and allowed me... Um, to be transparent with other people, mm-hmm. to to say it like it is. And I come from a family where there were lots and lots of secrets, and you mm-hmm. never exposed your stuff. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can say on your podcast and actually name these awful things that have mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. I mean, 
he has allowed me to take off that mask, to not keep secrets, to be vulnerable with people. And in doing so, that allows them to be vulnerable back and realize this, this is a sacred space. This is um, a safe place that they can be honest and they can be vulnerable and they can take off the mask and cry and that we can be um, in fellowship with one another and with God and really invite him to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did think through some tangible things cause I knew you were okay. going to ask me that yeah. question. Yeah. And some of the things that I learned through going through hope beyond loss for those eight years was that we all must choose healing. Mm-hmm. And Will, I'm reminded of John 5, 6, where Jesus is with that man in the pool of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And, and that man has been an invalid for 38 years he has suffered. And he's alongside of the pool. And he um, wants to get in the pool. And so Jesus actually says to him, do you want to get well? Yeah. And I love that because we all must choose healing. So like the paralyzed man in that biblical story, we must ask ourselves the same question and choose yes. Mm -hmm. And I found that in this leading hope beyond loss, some people think they choose healing because they show up on the first day. Mm -hmm. They might even come back for the second day, but then they leave. They don't stick with it. And once they realize the work that's involved, they're like, I'm out of here. No, I'm not doing this. Mm Yeah. Very, very important point. And I think in any sort of means of, of helping uh, people to, to heal is, that, is the big question, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? And because it does require uh, a process. It does require a work for you to journey through those things. Um, and my experience, and you've probably experienced this as well, is that if people don't do that work, I've heard it said grief comes out. Yes. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, the most it is, inopportune yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It comes out. And yes. and so even if you say, yes. um, well, I'm okay, and you don't work through that process. And, of course, the process looks different for everybody. Grief looks different for everybody. Yes. But if mm-hmm. people are unwilling to do that, mm-hmm. um, it, it's going to move out in places that we're not even aware of. Yes. Yeah. I found that myself, too, as the Lord was continuing to heal me from losing my parents, there was lots of anger and rage at the Lord, mm. at the perpetrator. Um, and I would find me myself yelling at my kids, thinking, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And my anger was disproportional to the offense that just happened. And that was always a check for me. And I remember a professional counselor saying to me one time when we, would, we were talking about things, on a scale of 1 to 10, Tina, how angry are you about X, Y, and Z? And if it was like a 10, a 9, an 8, that's about something that's happened in my past, not about this particular situation. And it's so true. I found that in my own life. And even to have an awareness of that, have an awareness mm-hmm. of where is, where is that coming from? Yes. If people don't aren't willing to go to that place and journey through those things, they're not going to yes. be healthy. They're not going to be emotionally healthy. And they're not going to be relationally healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's and one of the things you said is that how we grieve is all different. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I found. I call it our individual grieving plan. Mm-hmm. So one of my children is special needs. 
and we do an individual education plan for her at school. Mm -hmm. And it sets very specific goals and objectives for her areas of deficiency to help address those areas of deficiency and allow her to become all God calls her to be. Mm -hmm. And so for grief, I call it an individual grieving plan because it is individual to every single person that goes through it. And just because I went through it in this way doesn't mean it's going to work for someone to go through it in this way. And just because this person um, has been healed in this amount of time doesn't mean this person is going to be healed in that same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I found that we can't compare our pain. You know, some people say, oh, Tina, I experienced blah, 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 but it doesn't compare to what you experienced. But pain is pain. Yeah. We cannot, we can, we cannot compare it. And we have to give grace to how long we grieve. We have to give grace to how, um, how something affects one person and very differently affects another person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which those three things that you just talked about, if more people could actually be willing to say, okay, yeah, that gives me some categories for helping to understand what my loss looks like. And, um, and we've often talked about just in your own experience in the early early days of grief, there are, you're inundated with people, yes. but it's when those people tend to forget or life goes on. That's the most important time for you to actually begin the process and to begin the work. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause the cloud goes away. The fog is gone right. and you're able, it, it hits you. Reality sets mm-hmm. in. The shock is gone. Right. Yeah. Yes. I also found that no one likes to grieve, and yet we all must do it if we desire to be healed and glorify God. So we've got to be intentional about sitting in our pain. We can't go through it or around it. Um, There are no shortcuts and no detours around grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and you have been a part of, uh, from your own experience with all of those things, have been a part of helping others within our body um, in a very significant way over eight years uh, to navigate through, to create sacred space, to create um, holy ground uh, where people Mm -hmm. can say, I am being vulnerable and this is where I am and I don't feel like I have to pretend. Um, I'll often use the term, this is my red dot. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of uh, back in the olden days when we would go to shopping malls before Amazon, you know, you would look at the map and it would say, you are here and it's the red dot. And so to be able to, this is my red dot. It's not where uh, others think I should be, where I wish I was. This mm-hmm. is exactly where I am right here. And to be able to talk about that and have others journey mm-hmm. through that and listen to that and engage that mm-hmm. um, is is very, very healing. And it's needed. And it's a part of the way the body of Christ uh, should operate together. And I found in those times where they were willing to be vulnerable, God always met them there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true that God does not forsake us. And, you know, we think of those Christian cliches that we say to people, but until they experience him personally and for themselves in their pain, you know, those words are just words, but they, they come alive. And one example I can share is one of the people that went through our group was actually lots of people were not members of fellowship, but heard about it and came. And one of these women in particular, she was high, she was a high powered woman. She, um, 
had a very prestigious position, was really high up there, worked 70, 80 hours a week. And so when she saw in Hope Beyond Loss that at the end of every session, there was always more opportunities to apply what we learned, to sit in the pain with the Lord, um, she was like, there's no way I'm doing that homework. (laughs) And one day in particular... It was on a Saturday. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. I'm going to go to Hope Beyond Loss. I'm going to just sit down and, and look at these questions that the Lord prepared through me. And God met her there. There was one particular area she was really struggling in what happened to her husband and how he had died. And she just poured it out to the Lord. And those structured questions that were provided gave her the categories like you're talking about to explain and to give it to the Lord. And he met her there. She came in the next day on such a high Mm -hmm. because those words, God did not forsake you, became real to her. Mm -hmm. And she saw how he met her in her moment. Mm -hmm. And, And she's gone forth now to be able to minister to other people and to be able to acknowledge out in the open how her husband died and now ministers to other people, particularly those who have lost their spouse and those that have lost their spouse in that particular way. Mm, Yeah. Very, very powerful. Tell me a little bit about this new book that you've written. Oh, yes. It's so exciting. So one of the things that I learned when I was... Teaching Hope Beyond Loss was that there were some people that could sit in the pain better than others. Hmm. Now, others would would just not come back to the class. Some would come back to the class, but you could really see how much they struggled. And then others could just sit in the pain like like it was more comfortable, more easy for them. And they could process through it and answer the questions, um, do their, their homework with the Lord, come with journals filled of their time with the Lord. And so I began thinking, well, what is it different about that group of people, the three groups that I've just described? Mm. And so being the researcher that I am, you mentioned that I'm a professor. I've been teaching at the university level for over 25 years. Mm. And... As a professor, you know, I teach my subject matter, psychology and business, and then I do research and I provide community service. And so one of the um, research projects that I work on is on grief. And I asked collected research from women, from over 1,100 women, responded to this survey. And the survey asked three questions. List three of the greatest struggles you have experienced. What helped you get through these struggles? And what practical advice would you give to other women experiencing these same struggles? And I gathered the research. I analyzed it. And I found that there were some key things, like this biblical roadmap, if you will, Mm -hmm. that enables people to live in freedom. Mm-hmm. That they could say, despite what's happened to me, despite the suffering that I've endured, I can live in freedom today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did people discover that mm-hmm. biblical roadmap? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were people that first had a relationship with the Lord, okay. and that's the key. So I put together a wheel that kind of describes this roadmap for living in freedom. Okay. And the middle of that is the relationship with the triune God. Mm -hmm. And so I make sure that when people, particularly in the Bible Belt, we say we're Christians, but do we truly have that relationship with the Lord? Are we truly walking with Him? Have we invited Jesus into our heart? So it's the Holy Spirit living in us and working through us. And then from there, we've got to come out of hiding. We've got to use those categories that you said and name what is it that we're suffering from? What is the area that we're grieving about? And and it can be something as simple as my boss hurt my feelings today. I mean, to the most extreme things of, you know, losing a child. And then we need to ask God to shine his light into our darkness. We are so good at listening to what other people say. And, and there's lots out there that you can listen to, but we don't want to listen to them. We want to listen to God. And so we want godly counsel and we want to go to his word and invite the Lord to show us in his word. Does, what does he say about X, Y, and Z? What does he say about the feelings we're experiencing, the symptoms we're experiencing, the thoughts we're having and allow him to shine his light. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus is the light of the world and it's his light that we want to expose our darkness, to speak to our pain, our woundedness. Mm -hmm. What did you find surprising in the survey that you did? Was there any, anything, a thousand women, Mm -hmm. was there any resistance to that? Did you, uh, were you surprised by the response of those three questions? No, I was surprised at how similar people's responses were Crosswalk. to what worked. Was it yes. diversity from all different backgrounds, all walks of life? Yes. Okay. Tons of different Christian denominations okay. um, were, and, and crossing the whole United States, it was well represented. Okay. And yet, with women from such diversity, there was such commonality in the types of things that they said enable them to live in freedom. Yeah. What what were the yeah. commonalities? Yeah. Well, the biblical faith. Okay. Having the biblical faith. Yeah. Really having that relationship with the Lord and practicing the spiritual disciplines. Okay. So not checking off the box that I went to church on Sunday, but really being intentional about going to church and sitting in the presence of God and worshiping him mm-hmm. with their whole being, having quiet times with him, studying his word, memorizing his word, being intentional to replace the ugly thoughts that we think and the thoughts that are destructive and lead us spiraling down mm-hmm. into um, godly thoughts, memorizing scripture. So when that ugly thought comes into our head, we can actually refute it with the truth from God's word. Mm-hmm. So, um, the book is a culmination of the survey that you did yes. that then helped you to see, yes, this is a, a roadmap. Mm-hmm. This is a roadmap for healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. One of the other interesting components that were similar among the 1100 was forgiveness and how important forgiveness is Mm -hmm. to truly healing. Mm -hmm. 
And so we look at in the book, you know, what is forgiveness? What does it mean? Because we have lots of myths that, no, I don't want to let that person that abused me off the hook. No, no, no. I want them to suffer the way that I suffered. And so when we look at the biblical model of forgiveness and we get rid of those myths and look at what it truly is, it's so eye-opening and it's such an important part of that continual process to live in freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Who? Who do you hope uh, will engage this book? I hope women and men who desire to know the Lord as their healer. Mm-hmm would come to our class that we're actually offering in January. Mm -hmm. It starts January 10th and it will be six weeks. Um, And if they're not ready for face to face yet, just get the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the hope is the class is going to be a working through of some of these categories, but if they're not willing or or they're not ready yet to participate in, in more of a a community group setting, Mm -hmm. this is a resource that, um, that you have researched and seen, these are some of the, the helpful roadmaps for people who have navigated through yes. loss and actually at the end of that have experienced goodness and beauty and freedom and redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peace and healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that community that we're offering in January mm-hmm. is also one of the similarities that these 1100 women spoke of. Mm -hmm. And you asked me that early in our conversation about who were those people. And we need that supportive community, you know, with COVID and then, you know, how we are, we tend to be in our own isolated little world. And that's not, God created us for community. He is a, a relational God and he desires to have relationship with us and for us to have it with others. Mm -hmm. And so We need, and the book talks about this in detail, that community. And how do you develop that community? And so the book details, well, what does a healthy friend look like? Mm. What are the qualities of a healthy friend? Mm -hmm. What does a healthy church look like? Mm -hmm. What should you be looking for when you look for that healthy church? What are some red flags that tell you to run the other way? What's that community, that support group that you're going to be able to rely on? Um, and that's key to being able to daily live in freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that you have encapsulated a couple of decades worth of your own experience, your own research, tried and true uh, as both a fellow struggler, but also as a practitioner, as a professor, uh, disseminating that into a, uh, you know, a process that can be very practical uh, for people who who are dealing uh, yeah. with with the losses and and actually having a vision for what life can look like on the other side of that, um, which is a a renewed sense of freedom, which is a um, you know I have a community of faith that um, uh, I have my people that are walking through life with me, and I think that's that's so encouraging. And I think that's what we need in this world. Like when I shared about my relationship with the Lord as a child and not having the tools to show me what that looks like, I think that's why 
I, I just felt so compelled to, to do Hope Beyond Loss and now to do Living in Freedom because it gives them those tangible tools that they can use. And in our six weeks, so at the end of every chapter, there's personal reflection and application. Mm-hmm. And throughout the book, it's written in such a conversational style that it allows you to apply what you're reading about. It's definitely not an academic bur- mm-hmm. book. It's for the layperson. Mm-hmm. And so even though it says PhD on the front of that book, it's not an academic style. Right. And, and you just sit there and you read through it and you're applying what you're reading and then you have tangible exercises that allow you to apply it. So when we offer it, we're just going even deeper into those tangible exercises so that you are equipped to live in freedom and can then go forth and minister to others, pointing them to Jesus mm-hmm. To live in freedom. Mm-hmm. And I love what you mentioned that this um, was born out of your own life experience and your own story of mm-hmm. saying, I don't have the tools mm-hmm. to navigate through this. I have these feelings and these emotions and this hurt and this pain and the things that, you know, good family, but we just don't talk about things. I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. to, yes. to creating a, a means by which uh, people can begin to get healthy in those ways because that 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 is just so vitally important. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Uh, you know we have a an outer world and we have an inner world, yes. and we tend to exclusively almost focus on our outer world, what we accomplish, what we produce, mm-hmm. um, and and yet the inner world is so neglected. Mm-hmm. The inner world of my own emotional health, of my um, my navigating through my pain. Uh, my hurts, my loss, and and you are giving a, a toolbox to help facilitate that. It's not this, um, it's not this overwhelming thing that people feel like. There's this stigma of, well, I've got to get into therapy, mm-hmm. and it and it removes the stigma and says, well, let's no. Here, here are some practical tools that you can engage that that are going to actually help you to become a more emotionally healthy Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, and I think Tina, you are um, a wonderful example of someone. And, I, and I've told you this very often is who has used the, um, the hell of her story mm-hmm. uh, to create a little bit of heaven mm-hmm. uh, that, that you're bringing the kingdom of God through your life, through your unique life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, God created you uh, as a professor, as a thinker, as a teacher, as a writer, uh, as someone who is meticulous in, in, in those ways. That's how God created you. Mm-hmm. And, and you have used that to benefit others. You've used that to point people to the Savior who can heal and save and redeem. And I just think that is a, a powerful picture of someone who has seen their story redeemed for good. Mm-hmm. And I yes. deeply appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's not only my story that you'll read about in the book. Mm-hmm. Every chapter is filled with lots of women's stories. Okay. And so... Um, 
the research is shared in a very conversational way. And then I targeted several individuals that shared their story in more depth. And we related their personal story nicely to um, these foundational items on the roadmap. Okay. To living in freedom. Well, that's a very exciting resource. If somebody's listening to this, mm-hmm. how do they get access to the book? Um, they can contact you. Okay. They can contact me. Um, they can go to Westbow. Okay. Westbow is the publisher, and just type in "living in freedom." Okay. And it will come up. Go is it to available? On, I was going to ask. Is it available on Amazon? Yes. Okay. You can go to Amazon. It came up as the second book yesterday. Ooh, all right. <laughs> yes. And so anywhere books are sold, you can get your hands on Living yeah. in Freedom. Living in Freedom. A biblical roadmap to navigating life's pain. Yeah. So I would encourage all of our listeners who are listening to this, um, who are saying, oh, uh, this would be very helpful for me to have a roadmap right now. Um Go to Amazon. Uh, we would love to connect uh, with you uh, to help get this book into your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so, if you want to join our face-to-face equipping class, yes, yeah, that's what I was it's gonna going ask you. to be Sunday from nine to ten thirty, okay. starting January tenth. Okay. We'll go for six weeks. And someone, um, Colleen Thompson, will be co-leading the class with us. And those who attend fellowship are probably familiar with Colleen's survival story, too. She is also someone who is so transparent and genuine and lives in freedom. And I don't want our our listeners to think, oh, this living in freedom means life is perfect. No, life stinks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it continues to stink sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, And it's really hard. But... God shows us through his word that is taken from his word, taken from this research and put in this book, practical ways that we could, even on earth, live in freedom. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, if there is, going back to one of the points you talked about, if mm-hmm. someone is Jesus saying, do you want to be healed? Do you want to mm-hmm. get well? Yes. I think that's crucial. If someone is to, is listening to this and and saying I want to get well, yes. I, I, I'm carrying things that um, that I want freedom from, that I want yes. healing in. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want, uh, you know, I, I want to uh, I want to see God redeem my pain for good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really really believe that if if people engage this process. Uh, if they read the book, if they come to the class, if they engage the homework, if they engage the exercises, uh, I think what we have both have experienced over eight years of you teaching Hope Beyond Loss, which this is really an extension of Hope Beyond Loss, probably more focused in uh, targeted towards women, uh, which is, I think, very crucial and important. What we have seen is that God has used uh, these resources to bring a measured amount of healing. And I think it's important what you said. Mm -hmm. We live between uh, Eden and heaven. Mm -hmm. And so we're never going to experience the fullness, Mm -hmm. but we can experience the partial now. Mm -hmm. And some of that partial is um, uh, experiencing, uh, you know, fullness and, and uh, help and uh, life and all the good things that come from working through that process. So Tina, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, My hope and prayer is that many people will 
uh, read your book and that many people will begin to uh, engage this process uh, through the equipping class. Uh, I believe um, it will be helpful and it has been very helpful for many. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on the Story Form podcast. For more information about Fellowship Bible Church in Jackson, you can visit us at fellowshipjackson.com. Join us next time as we enter into the story of others together.